was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I 35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city. Hey there, howdy. Another edition here of Other Side of Texas. Glad you're tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. As we roll along, called Daniel to make sure he was going to be in with us. And, um, <clears throat> no, left town suddenly, somewhere on the West Coast. And uh, he's going to call in and give an explanation for where he is, Daniel, the millennial digital guru here on the other side of Texas, because... I'm your host, Jay West, Texas Leeson. I don't know much at all about this digital stuff. Daniel gets it taken care of. And uh, we'll hear from him. Also, get in some estate tax, inheritance tax, small farms, a big issue on the other side of Texas, and, and what that's all about uh, with our friends at Mullen Horton Brown. We'll have Brad O'Dell come in and uh, keep things active here. As we roll along from the Racer Car Wash Studios, Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across the Hub City for the best wash around. Guaranteed, racerwash.com. Um, lots of, just, so, this is where I'm going to start. Because I was, I was asked about this today at school and I began to think yeah it's really a noble enterprise I undertake every morning just like you more than likely uh, or you have at one time or you will get little kids ready for school for us we get a four-year-old two nine-year-old twins who can't focus on anything longer than five minutes maybe five seconds uh, other than football um, and then our 11 going on 19 year old daughter and we get all these kids in an automobile in the mornings and it is a real feat every morning got to really start taking responsibility for yourself and for your kiddos and for your kiddos sake you know not 22 anymore can't stay up till three o'clock in the morning watching mindless youtube videos even though they didn't have those whenever i was 22. by the way i went into my doctor's office today and asked my receptionist asked the receptionist to go back and she said well i don't know if i can do that and she said if i get fired do you have a daughter and i thought maybe it's because i look like i'm 50 but i'm not like I'm not even 40 yet and like I thought that we were fairly close in hey maybe it's the gray maybe it's my great midlife physique I'm I'm not sure but anyway back to kiddos um you got to take responsibility for yourself you got to go to bed and then you got to get up early in the morning and be ready for whatever hits and this has been our week I'm going somewhere with all this this is our week i've learned on monday they're zombies all four of them are zombies can hardly get them out of bed and that's because as my old varsity 
basketball coach used to say in Abernethy, it's the night before the night before that you got to get your sleep. And whenever the kids are out at a tent game or we're, we're up too late, Monday mornings are a real problem. Then on Tuesday mornings, they're half zombies. And on Wednesday mornings, all of a sudden, they're Franciscan nuns. And they're up at like 4 a.m. Really, it's like 5.30. And then they're twice as bad on Thursday. And then going into Friday, I don't even know if they ever actually went to bed. Um, and it, that's just on repeat. And then there's the morning routine. It doesn't matter if they get up like Franciscan nuns or like uh, like zombies. There is this persistent especially with the boys the daughter she's good now but the boys it's hey put on some pants no put on your underwear underneath your take the pants off put on your underwear and no don't put on your shoe where's your other shoe oh so let's look under the bed under the foosball table up in the bookshelf let's go in the backyard find the other shoe no take the other shoe off put your socks on and no no no. you still don't have on your underwear to the other twin why, why are you putting your underwear over your pants and it's just standing over and then no no don't go to here's the routine guys do you see do you see the picture we put up <laughs> you do your hair before you go to the breakfast table and then but no, you still don't have your other shoe on. And then we get to school. It doesn't matter whether it's Thursday or Friday. We don't know if they've slept at all or Monday and they're zombies. <laughs> when we get to school, they are deploying. Out, we are deploying out of the tundra, all four doors, like paratroopers going into hostile territory. Go, 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 go. And that's how I start my... I go in at 8 o'clock ready to go because I've already been through a military exercise with four little kids um, headed in to school. Um, listen, where... Yeah, that's just to answer some questions that folks have asked about what it's like to to do four little ones. Um, you've got... You probably have some glorious stories too. I'd be glad to hear them. Uh shoot them to me jay at other side of texas um i don't i've tried to follow up on this heb rumor in lubbock and i haven't gotten anything substantial yet when i do i will let you know i know i know that united has begun if you live in lubbock you've begun to understand that united looks a little bit more like albertson's more than it than it was united It'll be interested to see how and if HEB rolls into town. Um, the Eddie says, yes, they're coming, but where? Uh, there are reports that HEB's coming to. Why would you move to the South Plains Mall? And how bad is traffic going to be at the South Plains Mall uh, with an HEB there? And can you... Uh, can you imagine holiday traffic there next year if there really is an HEB at the South Plains Mall? I I don't know about it. Uh, something else I've got my head on, and I want to just throw this out in the monologue 
to start off. And it's this this Texas Speaker of the House race to to pivot into uh, politics for just a moment. Our friend Scott Braddock tweeted this morning something that I'd heard as well and try to get into the weeds of it for just a minute. There are more and more problems emerging, especially especially on west of I-35, but within new new Democrats that were elected in again the the House elects a speaker, 150 members of the House, and there was there were 12 democrat 12 new democrats coming into the house and that's a substantial number and they're beginning to have problems with whatever's happened with dennis bonin being thrust forward dennis bonin's a republican out of angleton and kind of like paratroopers now it's like go 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 everybody's in for bonin and not any a lot of people don't understand why this was arrived at so soon. Not just Democrats, but lots of Republicans, some of whom have put their name in with Bonin, are asking, this vote is supposed to happen on January 8th, a caucus vote on December 1. Don't let your eyes glaze over. The real deal goes down on December, on January 8th to elect a new speaker. And why is Bonin way out in front? And the more I look at it, the more I think... Maybe there is a maybe everybody needs to take a deep breath, keep put their powder back on, keep it dry, and let's take another look here. And there the reasons are all over the board. You know, there are people who have some real problems with I've been told that this will be a Regent Gate reference, Daniel Hodge. Uh, former Greg Abbott chief of staff who now has his own consulting firm who is by documents we obtained is still under contract with John Sharp and Texas A&M through November 2019 but we're still like paratroopers go 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 everybody in on this but some people sitting back with their parachutes saying wait I don't know if I want to jump into that yet and especially if you're interested in a vet school and you cannot quid pro quo under law you can't promise somebody something so uh, you know for price was on the show on monday a state rep from amarillo who went in for dennis bonin and says that they had discussed a vet school um how that was a how that was a legislative priority for price and um, I think that more people are just beginning to look at uh, people with whom Bonin's brought into place and a lot of people that carry over from the old administration, a lot of people, they call them the middle 40, uh, people who don't have much power in the legislature that have uh, wanted to change that by going in for Bonin. But the more I look at it, the more I begin to think, you know you're going in for a new boss but i think you're about to find it's the old they wanted to rebel against or they wanted to change what was going on with the last administration but the people behind the scenes are some of the same people uh, behind the scenes in the speaker's office really lobbyists big big name lobbyists who were involved in 
or at least close to the old administration are involved in what's going to be this new administration others as well and the more things change the more they are the same but i wonder if that middle 40s beginning to think wait um we led the charge on this speaker but what's going on again it's early in the process uh, but at the same time the process like paratroopers uh, everybody's jumping out but uh, some reflection down the austin way and some out this way that um maybe we're going at this too soon um a little burned up with daniel daniel's going to be in in just a moment check in with daniel the millennial digital guru that brings you a lot of our content at least puts it up on online check in with him on just where he is stick right here with us and we'll transition it to some daniel the millennial it'll be worthwhile radio see you in just a bit so before the show i call daniel the millennial digital guru here on the other side and say hey level can't make it today um chris level usually joins us on thursdays and we talk some texas tech football level can't make it today so do you have some backup audio or there's some other story ideas that we might have and daniel the intern or i'm sorry daniel the millennial i'm thinking about interns that you may or may not oversee says well i'm not going to be there and then well thanks for the notice first is that like a millennial tactic to uh, not give good advice uh, or or good you don't let don't let the boss know what's going on i just forgot that's completely what it was i i was like my wife uh texted me she's like all right we need to get on a plane at six o'clock and i was just like oh wait a sec i'm supposed to tell people what i'm doing that's pretty much it okay well we can take that up later but yeah i'm sorry boss where are you well i'm in uh, the promised land man san francisco feels great out here you know it doesn't look too great out here unfortunately wait so you know, daniel the millennial what what are you doing in san francisco and why do you refer to it as the promised land well there's a lot of free stuff out here <laughs> my uh what's been free know, what all is free I mean, there's a lot of food, um, and you just go to, like, I mean, pretty much any store, they have little spots for food, and then, you know, there's even, like, a health clinic. I saw a doctor. That's the first time in a couple couple years I've actually seen a doctor. You know, I was raised on Star Trek, mm-hmm. the next generation, so it feels great being at the Federation's capital amongst my peers. There's a lot of young people. Facebook is here. Twitter is here. Uh, the boring company is here they have bird scooters here which Texas Tech just got rid of the bird scooters are nice they don't catch fire they don't break unlike the lime scooters uh, you know I just feel at home amongst my peers unfortunately I mean there's nothing much to see out here unfortunately there's a lot of uh, the, the forest fires have really um, clouded things up but my lungs are prepared they're trained. Are they are, strong? We have a 
listener question by tweet. Okay. Um, air quality is poor, and uh, will they allow you to go outside? Would you be would you be given a citation for going outside right now? Well, they're closing schools right now. It, it's unfortunately it's really bad. The average pollution index is between one and fifty. We're at two eleven right now in San Francisco. So they're they're really letting us stay inside. But you know, my Airbnb host, Fernando, he is really friendly. Like um he is a really nice guy. When he's there you know? he's there with Yeah. You. Yeah, he stayed like we like it's a duplex sort of thing. We're upstairs, he's downstairs. You know, they have gluten free bagels, free trade coffee. And I got to say, like, I mean, Fernando 20 minutes ago was giving me a back rub. And I don't, I don't know, that's unusual for me, but, you know, when in Rome, you're in San Francisco, people are friendlier here. And I just thought, well, okay, well, sure, my shoulders are pretty tired. Have, Daniel, have you ever seen an um, after-school special? Uh, no. Do you know what do you what, mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, I don't really spend a lot of time around school. No, I'm talking about after-school specials. Oh. Is I, that I, like I, when you... I want you to YouTube it. So what's the purpose in... Okay. Uh, why are you in San Francisco? Well, I'm, I'm. there is some mourning involved in what I'm doing right now. So, I mean, the Beto has lost. And, I mean, it's the only place I could think of that I could go that that would soothe my troubles is San Francisco. It just makes sense, you oh, know? It's so some like catharsis the there in San yeah, Francisco. Yeah, it just feels right out here. I don't know why. It's like, you know, the social services are pretty crazy. You could just, like, live out here. You don't even have to work. Things are just given to you. Maybe not you even know? have a house or... I mean, like, I don't... I think you can just Airbnb. Like, I mean, that's what my plan is, but I think that's what you do is you just Airbnb and hop from place to place. All right. You uh, know? So I want you to do me this favor, please. I want you to, mm -hmm. while you're sitting back in, in this catharsis of um, San Francisco, since you got to stay inside now. Um, yeah, I have no, to Nobody's putting on it, it fires. Um but you got to stay inside, so maybe you can uh, take a little time and pull up some after-school specials and uh, on mm -hmm. YouTube. I'm sure that they're there. Yeah, I'll have to see what's going on with that. You know, after-school specials. Let me pull that up on my phone real quick. All right. Well, you don't have to do it live on the radio. Um, well, I mean, I know I'm live right now, but... Um... Yeah, I mean it's just it's a good it's good warning for people who may not be aware of of social dangers around them. Um, maybe like a maybe like the host of your Airbnb giving you a back rub. I'm just trying to help you, Daniel the Millennial. Maybe not a good idea whenever he's staying on the same premises. I didn't even realize that you could do that. You can be on the same property as as the people who are renting out your Airbnb. I'm pretty sure this is the Airbnb. You don't know, you don't know what cool. you got? Look, I don't know. How many, how many Beto t-shirts do you see in San Francisco? How many? 
Yeah. I mean, I've seen like five so far, but that's just me looking out the window. It's it's pretty sad how smoky it is out here. Pretty smoky, man. Well, uh, so you're going to go and you're going to do your videos and you're going to do some catharsis. Yeah. Uh, you got a Beto support group set up. Um, any other plans while you're there? Well, I think what I'm going to do is uh, mostly, I mean, I'm sorry to, this might be boring for radio, but um, with the pollution index, I mean, my, my fraternity brothers, they've trained me to be, you know, my lungs are pretty strong, but the, <laughs> I don't know if I can handle this level of smoke, oh, man. man. This is pretty, this is okay. pretty heavy. Well, uh, when are you going to be back? Monday. We need you, so come on. Okay, I mean, I'm available. You can call me anytime. All right, Jay. All right. Specifically, Jay can call me at any time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't want anyone else. Anybody else can just text you, right? You always yeah. Refer text to, me. Find to, me on Facebook. You know. Yeah, you'll message uh, over taking an actual call. All right. Well, have yeah. a good time there in uh, San Francisco. Oh, we'll see you whenever in. Uh, Hope it's cathartic for you and and everybody else. It's just accepting here. There's so much diversity. Um, you know, the the government here is is just really heavy handed and what you can and can't do. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like this freedom and restrictions. So yeah. it feels pretty great. Yeah. Well, have fun with that. I don't, I don't, maybe you'll come back. Maybe you, you'll come back if they say you can come back. How's that? Uh, well, it's up, I mean, it's up to Fernando now, I think. Uh, <laughs> it is. He's got dinner plans later. It so. is up to Fernando. That's your problem. Yeah. All right. Uh, take care of yourself and uh, uh, get us a little memento. Especially get us something for free. How about that? there in california oh man there's plenty of that i think oh. i might just can the air out here okay like i'm sorry i can't emphasize this enough it is horribly smoky it's it's really bad you know pray for the people uh, you know in this area like the california wildfires are particularly bad this year so hmm. all right will do thanks for checking in daniel see you man all right bye get off the phones there with daniel fernando he does need to watch some after-school specials. Uh, get back in. Going to talk uh, about lots of other things. I don't know what's going to come up. Plenty to get to on uh, the text line. Be right back with you here. About 90 seconds. Um, yes, Daniel the Millennial. I don't hire based upon political creed. I base upon... Uh, higher based upon quality of work and those of you who follow us there on our soundcloud and on our facebook and on our twitter um and the sort of digital production that we get daniel you know he's a t-shirt wearing beto supporter but still gets his work done except whenever he leaves town and doesn't tell me he's leaving town but you know it's just a uh a risk you take but uh yeah they're in san francisco of all places stuck in a um hotel room doing his thing is daniel pretty pretty incredible there um speaking of you know brandon darby was on the show 
a Friday or two ago. I have to go back and look. I think it was the Friday before last. And he talked about how the Sinaloa cartel that works so actively below the Texas southern border is um, could reroute the caravan uh, more towards Arizona or California. It turns out that the caravan is going over to Tijuana to reach the U.S. border. This according to the um, Washington Post. Large groups of Central American migrants are traveling north through Mexico defying President Trump. Although Trump has described the group as, quote, invaders, they are making the journey, uh, though they are making the journey unarmed, okay and many are women and children who say their goal is to seek asylum in the united states we have been tracking the caravans advance through mexico and the u.s uh, in preparations for their arrival at the border what you need to know this again the washington post several hundred members of the first caravan have arrived in tijuana and thousands more are expected in the days to come. The Pentagon has deployed 6,000 troops to the border in anticipation of the caravan's arrival. The Trump administration will deny asylum to anyone who crosses the border illegally, urging migrants to come to ports of entry. So why are they avoiding El Chapo and uh, the Sinaloa? Last week, after caravan members recuperated for several days at Mexico City's sports complex, they held a vote. The group opted to travel all the way to Tijuana, Mexico's largest border city, instead of taking a shorter route through the Rio Grande Valley of South Texas. So why would they decide to go more than twice as far to reach the U.S. border? The simplest explanation is that the activist group guiding the caravan, Puebla Sin Fronteras, uh, People Without Borders, has a strong support network in California. There you go, Daniel the Millennial. Just head down to the border. A sanctuary, a quote, sanctuary state where local officials and courts are more sympathetic to migrants, but there's another reason idiosyncratic reason the caravan is going all the way to Tijuana its reputation as a safer route where migrants are less vulnerable to the kidnapping gangs and extortionists that prey on Central Americans this has to do in no small part with the legacy of Joaquin El Chapo Guzman the indicted Mexican drug pin uh, king uh, sorry the indicted Mexican drug kingpin whose federal grand jury began this week in New York. Over nearly three decades, Guzman built the Sinaloa cartel into the world's wealthiest and most powerful trafficking organization. And despite his capture, the Sinaloa group continues to dominate the most lucrative drug smuggling routes along Mexico's Pacific coast and into California, including the grand jewel of the North American narcotics trade the Grand Isidro Port of Entry, which is also the destination for the migrant caravan. So, 
all of that to say that Brandon Darby was right. They are not coming to Texas. They're going to go towards Tijuana. And um, I guess it just depends on where you stand on the issue. Maybe the best will come, uh, the best result possible. And the Trump, the Trump administration saying cross illegally, then there's no asylum. But obviously conceding in that statement that there could be asylum. And all eyes there. I, so when does that second group, this is part of not having Daniel in studio, when does that second group arrive? And um, not, not clear there in the news story. Uh, but some have already arrived, others are arriving. Um, really, really intriguing, compelling story. And, you know, I'd, I'd concur with the Trump administration. You come over illegally, then there's no asylum. If you've got a legitimate asylum problem, then you come and find, and Darby's told this story several times, people come across the border and are looking for Border Patrol want border patrol um to help them uh, so that they can file their asylum status and you know the whole thing with immigration this this is not it's kind of apples to oranges but you know i've done the ancestry.com thing and tracked when um when my ancestors came in from from ireland and, and that that's on the paternal side. You had some Austrians. That's why I have the the massive masculine eyebrows that I have. And, you know, the Austrians came in because a guy with a, a two-bit mustache decided that he wanted to put on a, a new world order of his own and do some ethnic cleansing. Um, but on the Irish side... Do you know why? I mean, so, the reason the Appalachia is what Appalachia is, is because there were huge amounts of of Irish coming across with the potato famines, which is what you know part of my lineage is is caught up in. But came through on legal terms. But then, you know, for all I hear about tolerance and inclusivity. These migrants were a real problem. And I listen, and I'm with Brandon Darby on this. People talk about this migrant caravan like these aren't people, like these are things, and not just things, problematic, disease filled things. And the whole human element's taken out of it, all the dignity's taken away from it, and everybody just says, you know, not in my backyard. And it's understandable to an extent. And, but on the left side, like, uh, like the ports and the commerce that's a republican side of new york but by and large you've got a lot of left-wing stuff in new york but whenever i was whenever i go back and i look at history you know how appalachia got its uh got its music got its bluegrass got its twang it was irish immigrants who were kicked out of new york don't stay here get on down the road and that's how you had Appalachia, and somehow some of them found their way to Iowa and then down to Abilene. That's the leasing story. I'm not saying the leasings are a caravan, 
but there are more than a few instances just another side of an issue for you to consider but i am with the administration don't come over illegally or um we're gonna have some problems claim your asylum but sign the books and get into the country we're going to get into some farm uh farm and legal issues with mullen horton brown uh, mullen horton brown our friend brad odell coming in studio step back and we're going to have a good time with brad in studio with us uh some of our great friends there at mullen horton brown brad odell in with us and uh, want to get into some legalese things that i don't understand things that i think a lot of li- we got a lot of guys out on cotton strippers right now listen to the program talked to one on tuesday um said hey we really enjoy the program and uh glad that you could be in with us brad odell the opportunity to come in and talk with you yeah so brad tell me let's get into uh give us some sexy uh farm farm cases that you've been involved with lately like for listeners who don't live on a farm but cotton is the fabric of their lives and the money in their billfolds whether they understand it or not a big industry farming i don't know what the total is i can tell you that farming i think five billion dollars a year annual economic impact within 100 miles of lubbock uh, what are some situations that you're seeing farmers fall into? Yeah, Jay, that's a great question. Um, first and foremost, I think right now, right about now at this time of year, it's important for these farmers to think about not only what they're going to be able to harvest and make on this year's crop, but to consider and take into account what they're going to need for next year. Uh, right now, especially, they're looking at Harvesting, Like you said, there's probably a lot of your listeners right now out there on the cotton stripper and, and harvesting their crop. Of course, they're going to have pressures from their bank and other creditors to make payments this year. But importantly, you know, cash is king, and they need to consider what they're going to need for next year. Because right away, these farmers are going to need to start thinking about what, the, what kind of uh, implements they're going to need, what kind of equipment they may need, but also they're going to have to start thinking about getting that crop for 2019 into the ground, preparing the ground. And so it's important that they consider what are going to be their cash flow needs for next year. So what we recommend is first and foremost to start thinking about putting together some sort of cash flow or budget. We're always happy to help anyone that may be looking to do that kind of thing so that they can analyze what it is exactly that their cash flow needs are. Uh, they've got to take a look at their debt. Obviously, creditors are important people, and they got to take care and make sure that they keep those guys happy. But they need to take a look at what they're going to need for next year. And if they're looking at situations where they may need some help, uh, we believe we can have some solutions for them. Uh, it may be working with their creditors outside of a bankruptcy, uh, but it also may be taking a look at whether or not uh, options within bankruptcy are a viable option to keep the debtor or keep the the farmer from being able to continue to farm and move forward going into next year's crop year. Yeah, so you've obviously been working on cases and not that anybody enjoys talking about the term bankruptcy, but um, there's some cases that you guys have stepped in and uh, there are, but give us give us a case or two where you've stepped in and helped make a difference in bankruptcy, not just completely overrunning a person's life or a family's life absolutely i've got uh, several cases in which i've helped uh, farmers in the local community brownfield seminole area 
in which they were experiencing some trouble and some difficulty uh, making their operating lines mm-hmm. or making their payments on their farm, on the land. And so they were able to come in, work with us. We were able to propose and work through a budget that allowed for them to get back on their feet, operate for the crop year that was upcoming, uh, produce a good crop that year, and be able to restructure some of those debts, including those operating lines that uh, come due typically at the end of each year. So that way they could continue to farm. I had a great success with the family again, uh, as I mentioned, and uh, we were able to save their farm. It was posted for foreclosure prior to the filing of the, or the filing of the bankruptcy. We were able to make sure that they kept that farm. The, that farmers continue to operate, and they are doing pretty well. What's that like, though, Brad? I mean, as Brad O'Dell, Mullen Horton Brown, with this, a family comes to you in that position. They've been in that position maybe for a little bit, maybe for a little while. And as a law, I know that you've got to keep your professional face, but whenever you go home at night and you talk with your family about your day, what's it like for you to have them come to you in that position? And for you, because then you aren't just a lawyer, you're a counselor. Like, hey, look, this is as bad as it's going to get, and we're going to get better from there. I mean, is that kind of your track? Is, is a not just as a lawyer in a counselor sense, but as in like somebody trying to help somebody counselor sense. Absolutely, Jay. You know, these guys come to us at some of the, probably the worst times of their life. With they've, a lot of shame, I would imagine. Absolutely. Blue collar guys that have always gotten what they've gotten by waking up early and going at it eight, 10, 12 hours a day. And now they're upside down and they don't know how they got there. Absolutely. And like you said, nobody likes to term bankruptcy. And so when they're coming to see you, they, you know, they're kind of coming in at their lowest moment. I look at it as my uh, opportunity to help them understand that uh, they can take advantage of tools through the law that allow for them to get back on their feet, uh, to allow for them to be able to keep doing what they love. Right, I, this this family I'm I'm kind of been talking about with you. You know, the husband said to me, he said, Brad, I need you to come out here and take a look at my farm. I want you to see what you're helping me save, and I, I take pride in that. I take pride in helping families turn things around, be able to keep farms, a farm that may have been in the family for quite some time, and help people who have uh, maybe not necessarily due to their their choosing, uh, but because of the elements. Uh, because of sometimes we just have bad crop years or because the weather doesn't cooperate with us they just got tariffs, into a bind non-trade tariff i mean there's there's all there's reason why there are the federal programs that there are for yeah you know, i always say the only constitutionally guaranteed profession is journalism and one of the only federally backed uh employment positions is the farmer because it's so necessary for the economy, for uh, for national security, but also there's no other. There are few other professions where you can get hit from so many different angles at the same time. Absolutely, and it even makes it more difficult when right now farmers are out there dealing with no farm bill passed by Congress. So, yeah. so absolutely. So I look at this as an opportunity that I have as an attorney, uh, as a person, to be able to try to help people rearrange and get back on their feet and uh, keep their family farm and keep their ability to 
make money and support their family and take care of their family and themselves and and so I take uh, I take pride in what I do I enjoy what I do and and I get to go home and tell my family that you know today I got to help somebody so yeah certainly do look at it that way Jay Brad O'Dell Mullen Horton Brown 806-765-7491 is the Lubbock office it's 806 806- Seven six five seventy four ninety one. So, in the instance that we're talking about uh, the the family that you've referenced, how exactly were you able to save it? Well, we were able to set up payment terms that they were able to work with on the debt associated with the land. We were also able then to set up terms on debt associated with equipment and be able to restructure. But what do you mean? set up terms like set new terms yeah set up new terms so with credit a lot of times we're coming in and the the debt may have already been called by the by the bank uh it could be that the there's a balloon payment on a land piece of land or their farm mm-hmm. that's come due and so we're able to go into the bankruptcy into a bankruptcy court we're able to use the bankruptcy code and and the laws that exist to restructure and put those on different terms so it may be that we say okay we're going to take this land payment that's come due we're going to revise it and we're going to say we're going to amortize it over 20 years and maybe we throw a five-year balloon on it but we're going to put it back on monthly payments or annual payments typically in a farming situation we go to an annual payment due to the nature of the farming business and so we're able to go into the court, propose a plan, say here's what we want to do, uh, provide the court and the creditors with uh, evidence of cash flows to show that this will work, and we work to get that plan confirmed, and, and as, assuming it does, which we've had great success in doing, uh, then that's the terms of, of the new note. So as opposed to having to pay off your land right then you're back on making some annual payments yeah. same thing on equipment sometimes those equipment loans have come due or or maybe they're on three years and we can try to because the equipment's not so old we can try to stretch it out but to the, five whenever, years whenever you say equipment for again for folks who live way inside the loop in lubbock um we're talking about equipment that is hundreds of thousands of dollars like you can't just go drop here here here's a cash check lots of guys can't anyway uh, absolutely we're talking extremely expensive farm machinery and equipment where pieces could be north of 200 300,000 yeah. dollars so absolutely this this is equipment that uh this is not going and paying off a your car loan this is you know valuable equipment that could at sometimes be as much or very close to land payments yeah so. Uh, Brad, let me. Uh, so the year end, folks, just give uh, you a call there at Mullen Horton Brown. Go to the website, find you guys to help. Essentially, figure out what the cash flow could be this year. You got some guys saying this is going to be my best crop year ever, and then you got a lot of guys who are, I see picture of a lot of farmers follow me. I follow them. A lot of crops that don't look great. Uh, so they're they're everywhere on the board right now, depending on how much rain came if no rain came or if too much wind and rain came exactly uh jay we we deal with all situations and so we would just recommend that they give us a call we'd be meet with set up a time to meet with them and start to go over what their situation looks like whether it be uh maybe they're going to get some insurance proceeds but because the insurance isn't going to pay as much as they had hoped 
they they're they're behind or they're not going to make as much or mm-hmm. again we're talking about trying to get ahead of the problem uh, as opposed to getting down the road where the banks now called the note taking all the cash that this farmer has uh, we're trying to get them in or we, we suggest that they come in if they're thinking they may have some financial problems based on their crop this year because it didn't turn out quite as well as they thought due to the conditions you t- you discussed come in let's take a look at it let's yeah. figure out if we can propose a budget and see if we can't save the problem or or remedy the problem sooner rather than later yeah so i've driven the bowl puller but i've never been the guy making the money off of the things coming into the bowl puller um or the commodities coming in uh been spent a lot more time on the module builder but for guys right now i think who you're talking to brad uh again brad odell mullen horton brown i think guys who may see the end coming feel like the the end is coming near to consider Hey, if you're that close, if you can feel that, then let's go in and and look at your books and figure out a better a better way to structure the business that you have. Absolutely, Jay. That's exactly yeah. what we're talking to. So tell me something is something I always get confused about, Brad. Is I don't ever I used to whenever I was younger. I would just take media, whatever it was, uh, especially right wing, kind of at its word. Um, and now a lot of people take left wing at its word or left leaning or right leaning something that gets a whole lot of attention that I don't think a lot of people understand is a state tax maybe even inheritance they're all kind of lumped into what's called now the death tax can you give us any understanding of what surely this is a very old tax so what was if you can go into law professor mode for just a second, was there ever a good reason why there was the, what we call now these death taxes? It, you know, what was the motivation? What were the precursors of it? And then how much does that affect, like, I'm going to say in cotton terms, the guy doing 3,000 acres a year. How much do they have to face with estate tax, inheritance tax, death tax? Well, Jay, I don't want to step out of line. I'll tell you, we have great people at Mullen Horton Brown who can certainly address the state tax issues that anybody may be facing. Obviously, uh, it was a, a method, as I understand it, to generate income for governmental entities. Uh, in particular, at this time, obviously, the United, the U.S. government, at least in the state of Texas. Um, I'm sure it was just another means by which they figured they could acquire or, uh, you know, generate revenue in order to fund the government. Uh, And that's probably about as much as I'm going to be able to get into the background behind that. What I can tell you that, as far as I know, uh, is that you're looking at each person having the ability to exempt out of the estate upon their death. And, and I say the person, obviously the person at that time would be passed on, deceased, mm-hmm. so he's not really doing it. But the estate would have the ability at this time, I believe the exemption that they're allowed to do is up to $5 million. And that's over the life. And so if they've, if they've already been gifting out to children or others, um, parts of their property parts of their estate and then they pass away there's a a one a five million dollar lifetime so if you're a farmer and you're you know maybe you're in the later stages of your life and thinking this 
maybe a situation that you might face, uh, you need to consider what exactly is the value of your property. Um, would you fall under that $5 million state tax exemption? If not, what can you do to try to get under that state tax exemption? Or, or yeah, what, what are the other what options? Would you do, though, Brad? Uh, those are great questions, Jay. Again, I'm not really an estate okay. tax uh, I expert. I am putting you on the spot here. <laughs> and I but, appreciate but that. But you've got, you've got partners and Yeah, and we, d we certainly have very capable partners and attorneys in Mullen, Horton, Brown that will be able to address some of those and do some of that estate tax planning. One of the things that's kind of been interesting, and I believe my law partner, David Langston, may have talked about this last time he was on the air, is there's a new provision in the bankruptcy code that deals with the sale of assets in a Chapter 12. And Chapter 12, for those uh, who may not know, is the chapter that deals with family farmers. And so it allows for the farmers to be able to sell off and liquidate some of their assets and protect themselves, if possible, from the uh, tax implications, the income tax implications that are involved in that. And so, you know, again, if this is a situation that you're looking at, you're thinking about maybe you're, again, later on in your life, wanting to get out of the farming business, wanting to maybe sell off some of your farming assets, uh, again, it may make sense for you to come on in, meet with us, and see if we can't talk to you about the situation, what you're looking to sell, and, and whether or not uh, there are ways to help you maximize the benefit of selling off those yeah. assets. So not just helping you at year end, but helping you at life's end there. Moan exactly. Horton Brown. Brad, tell them how to reach you. Uh, Jay, again, that number is area code 806-765-7491, or you can see us online at mullenhord.com. And you can reach me personally on my email address at bodell at mhba.com that's b-o-d-e-l-l -L at mhba.com when we said we want to do the other side of texas uh moan horton brown right there on the ground level if you've appreciated how we shoot you straight here on the program and have through our various gates our uh rager gate our regent gate and every other gate and the stories we bring you day to day and how we rave on and you think these guys, and there's a reason why we went to them. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, what the you program, got? I got to get home. Got to get home. Above average dinner, great family. <laughs> That's a nice little uh, drop there. Uh, and I've got to help twin boys with third grade homework. Do you guys help with that, Brad? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> for a premium. What, for a premium, uh, that's what, right. what is it an hour? My hourly rate's probably a little too high for doing homework, but uh, about two seventy-five if you want that. Uh, yeah. What are you doing after the show? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get home. Hey, you guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you on the next edition here tomorrow, and I uh, hope you keep on raving on, buddies. See you next time from the other side of Texas. Shipwreck on the mountain, rubbing it.